teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. How hell broke loose in every way. You pick an area of my life and it was hell. <laughs> in my mind, in my money, in my marriage, in my ministry, everything. You just name it. It just was all kinds of stuff going on. You know, and I'm thinking, I need help. You know, I had a friend of mine call up, didn't even know what I was going through, and called up and said, uh, what's going on? I said, what do you mean? He said, I got over in the spirit. He said, there's a, there's a great big demon sitting up on the rafters of your house. <laughs> well, see, that thing, was, that thing had, it began to have access to me because of disobedience. Actually, physically, I was getting pretty bad off physically. I was in a meeting in, in Effingham, Illinois, where somebody was ministering, and I, needed, I just needed somebody to minister to me. I didn't tell anybody anything. Didn't even tell my friend, you know, there uh, that, that was holding the meet, uh, you know, the pastor that invited this ministry in. Didn't even tell them what I was going through until at the end of the meeting I did. But this ministry was ministering, used in revelation gifts, this ministry is. And all of a sudden, their ministry come over to me and, and uh, called me up front, turned the mic off and said, you've been having heart problems, have you? And I said, yeah. Because at nighttime, my heart would start beating so fast, racing, you know. And they said, uh, they said uh, I, I need to rebuke that spirit of death because death's trying to lay, lay hold on you. Well, I, I bore witness with that because I knew I'm, I'm, tw I'm sleeping 12 hours a day, physically worn out. And I said, well, yeah, I said, you're right on. See, every year, that demon had access because of disobedience. Doesn't pay to disobey. But so uh, this person, they, they rebuked death off of me. And I'll tell you, I went back and I slept all that night. Oh my goodness. And I got up next morning and said, I know what I need to do. I need to tell, I need to, I, I need to tell this minister and I need to tell my friend that invited this minister. I need to tell them that, uh, you know, I've been in disobedience. And I need to tell them God's spoken to me to pastor. And I need to get on record that I'm obeying God. You know, because I need to get, I need to close the door to the devil. Amen. Surrender. It's all, y'all, I'm yours, Jesus. Doesn't matter if I do have to pastor. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I enjoy it now. You see, back then, I, I, I'm so glad now, you know, I, you know, you don't even know. You don't know what's going to fulfill the desires of your heart more than Jesus knows. He knows better than you. And I tell you that it, this fulfills me so much. I'm, I'm not saying now, I, I love it now, you understand. But back then is what I was talking about. So I told him, I, I, uh, I, we got done eating. We were, this, this person that was in ministering was going to the airport. We were taking that person to the airport. And so we all ate together. And then we, were, we got in the car. Right before we left the restaurant, though, I said, I got something I want to tell you. But this person that had to go to the airport says, well, I got to go to the airport. I said, okay, let's get in the car. We got in the car. And, uh, and I, got, I got a little scared about it again. Because I say something, you know, they're going to hold me to it. Yeah. Because these are people of God. They, they, I said, um, well, I didn't say anything until the, quiet, the car got quiet. Just looking straight forward. They said, uh, the pastor's wife that invited the minister said, we're waiting. <laughs> Pastor J.C. Neff. J.C. and Jesse Neff. And so finally I said, all right, well, what I've got to tell you is God's been dealing with me. You, this minister, you ministered to me. I've been in disobedience. God's been telling me to go pastor. And see, I couldn't figure that out because I knew that stronger anointing had come on me traveling and I got over it in some things, but all hell broke loose. 
And I didn't know what was going on, but see, really it was a transition, but I didn't want to give up that stronger anointing. You know, I just like, I just, yeah, I mean, that's just, it, you just get addicted to it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Of course not. And anyway, <laughs> so, so I said, I've been in disobedience. I said, God's been dealing with me. And I surrendered to it, you know, but then I just wasn't, wasn't doing anything about it. And, uh, but I, I need to go on record. I need to tell somebody. See, you get, get, get it out there in public and then you got, you got to do it then. So I told him, I said, I got to go on record. I've been in disobedience and I'm repenting. I've repented before God. You ministered to me. That's the reason these attacks are coming against me. And um, praise God for the healing I got because I haven't had heart problems since. Except that one night, remember I told you I woke up and right there's two demons beside the bed and I had those heart symptoms. But, uh, and, but I, had, I had a bad dream and I woke up and uh, there's two demons. The Lord, I, I got them out of there and then the Lord said to me, one of them was to attack your mind, one's to attack your body. And uh, so anyway, there's things there I had to deal with. But so anyway, but otherwise I haven't had any heart problems. Don't expect to. But it, what, what happened was I said, now I've been in disobedience in the car there. I said, I've been in disobedience and the Lord's been dealing with me to pastor. And I just want to let you all, all know that God's calling me to pastor. Well, I heard a, a chuckle in the back seat. This is a serious time. <laughs> it isn't funny. You know, when you're getting close to dying, it ain't funny. Not for me, but see, back behind me, See, I'm sitting, the pastor of the church, Pastor J.C. Neff, he's driving the car. I'm sitting in the front seat behind him. And uh, the three ladies, the, the, the ministry, the lady minister that was ministering, uh, and then my wife and, and uh, the pastor's wife are behind this, in the back seat. You know, that's where they belong, in the back seat. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Praise God, Pastor Debbie's out of town today, so I can... So, but anyway, the pastor's wife, I'm, I'm sitting in the front seat in the passenger side. She's right, the pastor's wife's right behind me. And I heard her chuckle. I turned around real quick and I said, what's, what's funny? And she said, nothing, we're listening. I said, you laughed. I said, what, what are you laughing about? She said, we're listening. She tried to get out of it. I said, no, I'm not saying anymore until you tell me why you laughed. I was about half mad. She said, well, we've been knowing that for a long time. I felt like just, yeah, 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 you know, I felt like going like that. <laughs> so anyway, such friends. Um, so, you know, I got on record. I got things right with God. Got here to pastor. And so then I realized, and I don't know why I told you all that, but I realized then I had to, I had to get in. Remember, he said to you, this time it's going to be in the local churches, get into position for it. And then the Lord said to me, he said, what you stepped out in, he said, you stepped out into something that the devil hates. Some greater ministry, greater manifestation of the power gifts. It got to the place. You can add, I, I can give you phone numbers to pastors if you don't believe me. Of course, you probably do anyway. I haven't lied to you yet, have I? Of course, you wouldn't know if I did, I guess. <laughs> but I haven't. Um, so <laughs> I'll tell you, it's funny in here tonight. But you know, you don't want to be giving out names if I'm lying. You can... So, but anyway, I said, uh, 
<laughs> I said, uh, now what was I saying before I... Huh? Huh? Yeah, I'd stepped out into some greater anointing. And all hell broke loose. And uh, so I said, Lord, what is it that, that, you know, once I got here, I said, Lord, what was going on? I don't understand. Because all hell broke loose. And he said, well, number one, you're in disobedience. Because I wanted to move you over into uh, pastoring. But see, you didn't see that. You just saw, you saw like, the, he said this to me. He said, you saw like the prophets of old. They saw Jesus coming and Jesus setting up his earthly kingdom all in one blended vision. And you didn't see there was something before, before the second half of that. I mean, excuse me, the uh, old, old, old prophets, the old times, they didn't see there was something before that. He said, you saw it the same way. You saw that strong healing of ministry and you started going for it. And I started dealing with you about pastoring and you didn't see that that was in the middle of that. That's the way he explained it to me. He said, that was one thing. He said, number two, what you stepped out in, you didn't have enough prayer covering to cover you because the devil hates it. And he said, what I want you to do is I want you to raise up a local church and I want you to establish a base of ministry. And I want you to have a, a group of people praying to cover you in the spirit. Amen. Because then I'm going to have to move you out again into it. Amen. This is all year, This is years ago. The Lord said all this to me. See, Dr. Dufresne's prophecy was nothing new to me. Amen. He said, once, once that is all restored, he said, I want you to have a prayer covering to cover you. Because he's going to come for you again. He doesn't like it. There's certain things the devil doesn't like. You know. And so uh, that's, what, that's the reason we pray so much. Amen. 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 We've, we've started it back up with some people and we're going to get it started in January with anybody in the church again. And so um, praise God. Well, now you can see where I'm at on this. Can you see the Lord said in this prophecy, can you understand now? See, I'm sharing things that I've understood, but it just, the Lord just dealt with me to share some of this tonight. We're, we're ready to step back into now some greater ministry again. And the healing school has a lot to do with this. Now he said here, um, limitedly, see if I can find the right place here. Uh, he said, limitedly, you've had, um, you, you, to a limited factor, you had miracles when you were on the road, limited, but, and then he laid his hands on my head, on my, on my mouth. He said, uh, the unlimited is coming on you now. The unlimited is coming on you now. Praise the Lord. Then he said, oh, a little here, a little there, but it will start growing. And he said, it will start moving and you will, oh my God, oh my God. And then he couldn't say what he saw. He saw, I know what he saw because while he was prophesying and I saw it. I saw the greater ministry that God's going to move us into. And then I saw, it's interesting, don't tell him, <laughs> but, uh, he had just, uh, actually, excuse me, he ran after me. He went back to minister to a, 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 well, he's a pastor, but he also has a ministry over in Hawaii out to other islands. Wayne uh, uh, Han Hancock, Pastor Wayne Hancock. And of course, right after he ministered to me, if you look at the video, he went back and he ministered to Pastor Wayne Hancock. And uh, he began to minister to Pastor Wayne Hancock some things about, uh, some things were gonna happen like the charismatic revival in his ministry. Well, see, now I'm still in the spirit. He prophesied, ministered to me. I'm still in the spirit. And uh, he went back and ministered to Pastor Wayne Hancock and, and I'm still in the spirit and everything he's ministering to Pastor Wayne Hancock, I'm seeing a vision. I'm seeing the whole thing. I'm seeing, 
Uh, and I told him about this. He said, yeah, yeah. He said, I, I, I have bear witness with that. I said, I saw whole coliseums with 5,000 people and more, full of people and, and ministering healing in those meetings. I said, the best way I know how to describe it was, it reminded me of a Catherine Kuhlman, Kuhlman meeting. Just healing, just pop, 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 pop. Just all over the crowd, just pop, pop, pop. Hallelujah. I don't tell him, but I saw me there helping him. Of course, he'll find that out sometime. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 So there's a whole lot to, to, to what is going on here in healing school. I said there's a whole lot to what's going on. Things are being restored. Now go back with me if you would. Notice here in this 1 Corinthians 12, he said gifts of healings. That's one of the things that we need to covet and we need to pray about here in, in this uh, time that we're in. Pray about this, this greater anointing because it's, it's, uh, it's starting, I'm starting, the Lord's been talking to me here. Yeah. The Lord's been saying, because he said there in that prophecy, notice what this prophecy said. As I pray in the spirit, this keeps coming back to me. He said in the prophecy, uh, uh, let's see here, I turned the wrong page or something. Where are we at here? Uh, see, he said, uh, you're going into another room. You got one foot into another room. There it is. That's the frustration. That's where you felt, well, am I in or am I out? What am I to do? You've got one foot in another room. Well, I, I you know, that means I'm not all the, that, by that, when that came, I wasn't all the way in it. But lately I've been praying and this is what keeps coming out. We're moving on in. We're moving on in. And I keep saying, Lord, I'm going on into that room. Now, what is that room? That room is something the Lord showed me one time years ago. I, was, I had a vision and in the vision, I saw a square building, just a one-story building, just square. It wasn't, wasn't uh, it kind of reminded me of, oh, I don't know what they are actually. Sometimes you see these utility, uh, little, little utility houses out in the middle of nowhere. They're made out of, uh, look like stand-up concrete slabs or something. Sometimes they have little rocks in them. That's, the way I, that's what I saw. I saw a room like that. And it had a door, I was, the, the pathway up to the one, that, the, up to the uh, side of the building I was walking up on, had a, uh, went up to a door. And for some reason inside, I knew there was a door on all the other three sides. I don't know why, I just knew that. But when I walked up, I saw that room and inside of that room, I knew inside of there's miracles. That's the room that people operate in whenever they operate in miracles. When I say miracles, I'm really talking about all the power gifts. I know there's one working of miracles, but all the power gifts. And so I knew that's what was in there. And in, on the door that I was walking up to, I saw the word utterances. In other words, I knew that the way for me to get into that is operate in some of those lesser gifts. Operate in tongues and interpretation. And then many times that'll get me over into the things you saw last Monday night where there was revelation gifts. Remember we were receiving the offering? Actually, it started before that, but then we were receiving the offering. Whoop, there, there, just came, just like that, just came. Uh, somebody here can't sleep. And there was anointing that there was power to deliver them whenever that came. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so uh, I keep getting up, I, the keep, it keeps coming out of my tongue in prayer. Um, we're moving on in, we're moving on in. We're moving into that. And the Lord keeps telling me by the end of the year, everything will be gotten out of the way that, that's trying to hinder you from moving on in. And then in the new year, we'll move, we'll move in that. Woo, glory. 
Well, see, after prayer, it dawned on me. See, sometimes things in the Spirit, you don't necessarily remember everything that, that has been said by the Spirit before. But uh, after the prayer, whenever that first happened the first time, I remember I, after I went left prayer, I remember I thought, well, that's 2010. That's exactly what Dr. Dufresne said, 2010. Ooh, glory. We're moving on into that room in 2010. Now, um, we need to recognize that these things don't just happen automatically. I remember years ago, the Lord said to me, and uh, I, I had it confirmed. Actually, first I told, I shared it with a friend. I thought that they could uh, receive it, but uh, they actually beat, they just sort of threw it down. They didn't receive it. I said, because um, the Lord spoke to me. Amen. Uh, let's see here. I don't know if I wrote the date down. I like to, 1502, the Lord spoke to me and told me some things about the prophet's office. Brother Higgins' ministry, he stood in the office of a prophet. And he said to me about Brother Higgins' ministry, um, there's a whole lot more to this, but I'll just share this part. He said, uh, there is a room in the spirit, a place in the spirit that a prophet must go in order to operate in that anointing. He must ascend in the spirit into that room. Certain kinds of prayer help take him there. Like Sister Jeannie Wilkerson prayed for Brother Hagin in those early 80s before she went on over to live in glory in, in around 1987 and Phil Halverson in 1985. The Lord's speaking to me. It was her praying that, that way that enabled Dad Hagin to go into that prophet's room so profoundly and efficiently in those years. Now, I got to Raymond in 1985, uh, September of 1985. And he was at that time moving in some pretty, he was moving in the prophet's office a lot stronger than he was in later years. Now, you know, sometimes people say, well, well Brother Hagin, why don't you move out? Well, I, I'll tell you why. And then the Lord's telling us why. Yeah. It's this kind of praying. Now, if you don't know Jeannie Wilkerson or don't know Phil, who Phil Halverson were, you don't know what the Holy Ghost was talking about. I'll, I'll explain it to you. Those people didn't just pray, oh Lord, bless Brother Hagin. Oh Lord, help him. Give him utterance. Thank God for those prayers. But the point is they went into the spirit and they prayed in the room that he ministered out of. Now, Sister Jeannie Wilkerson was a prophetess. Phil Halverson was not. He was a layman. He didn't have a full-time pulpit ministry, but he went into that room and, pre and prayed in that room. And from that room, he dealt with the, the things that tried to keep Brother Hagin from getting in there. You know, Phil Halverson's prayer life was amazing. He would pray things out and just, just you know, my goodness. But see, a lot of this kind of prayer people have no knowledge of today. Now, y'all still there? Now, we, we, the Lord said this to me. It was because of them, them praying that way in that room that he was enabled to go there so proficiently and so profoundly in those years. She, the Lord went on to talk about Jeannie, Jeannie Wilkerson, most of all. She blazed the way in the spirit and got things out of the way in the heavenlies, demon forces that use people to keep ministers out of their highest calling, to keep them from ascending in the spirit to their place. When Jeannie Wilkerson moved to heaven, no one took her place and the devil brought an assault against Brother Hagin with wrong doctrine, excesses, um, confusion, error, fear, and to stop that ascendancy in the spirit and Brother Hagin's ministry had, hasn't operated like that since, on a regular, excuse me, on a regular basis since. Well, 
Brother Hagin, I, I didn't know if that, the Lord gave to me, that to me in, by revelation, uh, 2002. I didn't know that, except the Lord revealed it to me. I, see, when you get the Lord's perspective on things, you realize how important some things are that sometimes we, eh, you know, well, somebody else can do it. So I, I, I held that in my heart and I knew uh, the Lord was giving it to me to help me understand. Because remember, see, that's January of 2002. I moved here in, in June. Well, the, I think it was the last, day, last few days of May in 2002. This is about six months, or what was that? Actually, uh, a little less than five months before we moved here. The Lord spoke that to me. Now, why did he speak that to me? Because he's not just trying to tell me, oh, isn't that wonderful that you know that? No, he's trying to explain some things about moving into this greater anointing ourselves. You still awake? Hey, wake up. So we've got to recognize that there's got to be along with this, there's got to be this kind of prayer. Now, Paul talked about it over in Philippians. What is it? Philippians 1, 19 or something. He said, uh, I know that this will turn to my salvation. He's in jail. That's what he's talking about. This will turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. In other words, through them praying, he could get into some things. He could get back into some ministry things. That's what he's talking about. Many other verses that bear that out. Remember the Bible talks about, Paul said, there's a door standing before me and there are many adversaries. Well, see, we don't just have to leave it up to the preacher to, to keep the devil off of him. You realize when a man starts stepping out in the spirit, that, uh, and we've seen it, uh, he'll, the, the devil will try to use the most carnal one, the closest person to him. Whoever he can use that's carnal, close to that minister, he'll stir him up. He'll get to try to use him, you know. That's why we deal so directly with, with criticisms and, uh, you know, just, just gossiping and things like that because that'll destroy a church. That's, that's how the devil tries to get in. So um, we find here then that... Uh, the Lord said this to me. He's trying to get us to keep from falling into this same thing. Amen. Now, Brother Hagin confirmed this. Actually, I was talking to Pastor Nancy. She said it in a service and then I talked to her about it. She said, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if some of you know Doc and Jerry Horton. Some of you know who they are. They were, Doc Horton was, uh, Jerry too, actually were there the day Brother Hagin went to heaven. Uh, they, were, they were closer to dad than many people were closer to dad. They traveled with him quite a bit. Jerry Horton was a prayer. That, that lady, uh, well, she still is. Doc Horton just went, moved to heaven. But uh, Jerry Horton, she's just, she's a power punch. I love it when you see little petite ladies. They're so sweet and nice. And you think, oh, that's just like my grandma. And then you see the whole ghost come on. You know, that's the way Mom Hagen was. Every now and then, Dad, just very few times, Dad Hagen had her come up and she'd minister and she'd get up there, and yeah, the power of God come out of her. And then you're like, ooh, that sweet grandma's got the Holy Ghost. Don't mess with grandma. <laughs> so, um, but that's the way Jerry Horton is. And uh, I remember one time there was, <laughs> we worked in healing school. I'm telling a lot of stories tonight I've never told. We worked in healing school and then a, a lot more there than prayer school. We worked some in prayer school with some of the people working there. And I'll never forget one time we were over there and uh, <laughs> I love this. We were, we, somebody in the service that day wanted to get filled with the Holy Ghost. So somebody, I think it was Doug Jones or somebody gave them to Pastor Debbie and I to work with them to get them filled with the Holy Ghost. And we were sort of, you know, instructing them on some things and, and praying with them a little bit. 
I don't know if Jerry Horton just didn't sense enough power on us or something. She came over there and, let's do this. They started telling in tongues, you know. <laughs> he just took charge. I'm like, come right on in, you know. <laughs> I love those people that are bold and strong, you know. I love that. So, but anyway, the Lord was uh, confirming this to me later. He said to Pastor, uh, Jerry Horton said to uh, Pastor Nancy, said, Brother Hagin came to me and said, you know, Phil Halverson and Jeannie Wilkerson moved to heaven and nobody's taken their place. Nobody's taken their place praying for me like that since they've gone. And I've struggled to stay over in the prophet's office. You remember I said to you, was it Sunday? I said to you, well, no, when was it? I shared with somebody recently about the service where Dr. Dufresne was dedicating his building, invited Brother Hagin to come. Did I share that on Sunday? And Brother Hagin came over and uh, got back in the prophet's office that night. I think it was 1987. Uh, I believe so. But um, he was struggling at that time because one of them had already moved to heaven two years ago and another one was, wasn't, you know, as at the end of their life wasn't, you know, helping as much. So what we find then is Brother Hagin was struggling because of that prayer that wasn't going on. Now, when I say they prayed, I've, I've been around them, not, not Phil Halverson, I've heard tapes of Phil Halverson, but I was around Jeannie Wilkerson when she prayed. And to be honest with you, I mean, she'll make you either crawl out of the room or uh, something, because she, she, her prayers are curl your toenails. I'm serious. See, a lot, a lot of it, if it happened in a public service today, people think, well, that ain't God. Come on, come on. It's, it's like, remember whenever uh, Pastor Noel was here? Yes, that came on him when Dr. Dufresne ministered to him, and then we had him here to help us pray. It's like that plus. Just almost double it, to be honest with you. But see, a lot of people haven't seen that. But see, this is praying in the Spirit. Now, I'm not saying that you do that in the flesh. Okay, let's be loud in the flesh. I'm not talking. They weren't in the flesh. They'd get over in the spirit and they'd, they'd clear the pathways out. And the Lord said that to me. He said this, no one has taken the place and Brother Hagin hasn't operated that on a regular basis, like that on a regular basis since. And um, then the Lord said this. He said, like Moses, he had to come down. He was up on the mountain. Remember Moses getting the Ten Commandments up on the mountain. The glory's up there. He's having 40 days without eating. Glorious time. And then, and then the Lord said, go down. You know, the people of whatever he said and committed, a, uh, you know, they, in other words, they're worshiping idols, yeah, yeah. you know, go down, go down. And so Moses had to come down out of that place and, you know, deal with, correct some things. And that's what came in. If you study, you study back in those years, what came against the church back then was all these errors concerning prayer. Warring tongues, yelling at the devil in tongues. Just a lot of, lot of excesses. Brother Hagin had to come down and teach and correct and he had to deal with that kind of stuff. And he, he had, to, the Lord said it was a lot like Moses. He had to come down out of his, his main office and he had to deal with teaching in these lower offices. You still there? You're going home. He said, Sister Wilkerson was providing protection for Brother Hagin in the spirit, a covering of prayer to keep the devil's ambushes and assaults at bay while Brother Hagin ascended in the spirit. She protected the passageways and the doors to that place. By doors and passageways, I mean, and the Lord gave me 1 Corinthians 16, 9, there are doors, there are opportunities and ministry places in the spirit, but there are many adversaries. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So the more a prayer covering uh, that a minister has, 
the safer his passage will be into these places of the spirit and the further out he can go without having to deal with all the resistance. Amen. Amen. Still there? You're going home. Well, I'm just talking to you about where we are. I think it's important. I have a lot of trouble and the Lord's just kind of getting me over it. He's just telling me get over it. But I have trouble talking about myself. I don't like to draw attention to myself, but see, it's not really myself. It's what the Lord's wanting to do. And it is, it is the ministry he's wanting to bring back into the church. I'm not the only one. That'd be stupid and that'd be arrogant, you know. There's many God's trying to use. But I'm just one of them. Praise the Lord. I'm glad to be a part of it. So what we've got to recognize is, go over to the book of uh, John. Well, let's go first of all to the book of Mark, the sixth chapter. Hope you're getting something out of this. These are these uh, things that God's endeavoring to do. Praise the Lord. It's a new era. Time for some greater things. Now, Jesus is in the sixth chapter here talking about what happened in his hometown. He noticed he said there in verse number four, prophets not without honor, but in his own country, among his own kin and in his own house. Now, he could there do no mighty work. You know, we almost live in a universal there today. Not quite, but almost. Universal Nazareth. He could there do no mighty work, save he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. He marveled because of their unbelief. He went around about the villages. What'd he do? Teaching. He operated in a lower gift. He operated in a lower office. He operated in a lower ministry. Isn't that right? Why? Because of unbelief. Unbelief about what? Well, uh, unbelief, I really believe, about his ministry that he was telling them about. He said, this, if you go over to Luke's account, which you might as well go ahead and do because we're going to get there eventually anyway. He said, the spirit of the Lord's on me. He's anointed me. Right. <clears throat> and there was probably unbelief about that. That's, that's the main thing. But then unbelief about the fact that he was a prophet because right. they didn't think he was. Right. They thought, well, he grew up down here in, right. you know, so-and-so street. But they didn't, they didn't mix faith with what he said about the anointing. Right. And then because of that, notice what it says there in Mark 6. He said, he could there do no mighty work. Now that word mighty, God's been talking to me about that. That's the Greek word mighty is the Greek word dunamis. Dunamis is the same Greek word translated power throughout the, the New Testament. Remember working of miracles? Working of miracles? That's dunamis. Actually, if you look up the word work, working of miracles, it means explosions of almightiness. <laughs> Glory to God. Explosions of almightiness. How many of you know the Red Sea split and that's an explosion of almightiness? I believe God wants to do those kinds of things today. Now, really, to be honest with you, those, those are the first things that the church starts losing. She'll lose that and then she'll start losing the, the lesser things and then eventually lose it all if she keeps on going. But see, let's not lose it all. See, Smith Wigglesworth would be turning over in his grave if he knew what was going on in the church right now. Uh, Lester Summer would be turning over his grave. Brother Hagin would be turning over in his grave. All these men, Seymour would be turning over in his grave. Catherine Coleman would be turning over in her grave. Amy Simple McPherson would be turning over in her grave. John G. Lake. All these men. And I could list, you know, <clears throat> Dozens and dozens more. All these people, Howard Carter. 
they, they would be, see, they fought to, to bring this into the church. They contended for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. They contended for it. What is that? Remember over in 1 Corinthians, that your faith might not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. He said there was demonstration, when I got there, there was demonstration of the spirit and of power. Say that, spirit and of power. Why would he list them differently? Why wouldn't he just say it's a demonstration of the Spirit? Because he wanted to emphasize it was not just some, some things that the Spirit does that were happening. It was the power gifts were in manifestation. These greater things were in manifestation. Demonstrations of the Spirit could be tongues and interpretation. Wouldn't that be the Spirit? It could be the joy of the Lord. It could be people falling out under the power. It could be revelation gifts. That would be the Holy Spirit, wouldn't it? But he said not just that, but when I got there, it was the Spirit and it was power. Isn't that right? Now notice what Jesus said wasn't flowing in Jesus' own hometown. <clears throat> he could there do no dunamis work. Amen. Dunamis work. That's the same Greek word translated miracles. Amen. Working of miracles. Look at that. He could there, none of these greater things, in other words. None of the mightier things. Now go over here to Luke's account in the fourth chapter. Let's see if we can understand that a little better. We're teaching a lot longer tonight. It just seems to be going that way, so... We'll see here at the end what the Lord wants to do. Look at the fourth chapter. This is Jesus in his own hometown again. You know, Mark recorded some things, Luke recorded. And so we learn a little bit from reading all of it. Look at the 24th verse. Remember, you, if you want to just give the whole context, you could read verses 16 down through the verse 30. That's the whole story. Remember, in his own hometown, came to Nazareth, it says in verse 16. That's his hometown. He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me, verse 18. And then he closed the book and said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Verse 21. Verse 22, they bear him witness. Verse 23, you will surely say to me, this proverb, physician, heal thyself. In other words, here's what that means. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. Now they had heard a lot of miracles happen over right. in Capernaum. So Jesus is being challenged. Well, do it. If you got it, do it. Right. Isn't that what they're doing? Yeah. They're saying, prove it. If you got the anointing, prove it. Yeah. Jesus said, note verse 24, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. That's where he was. He just, he just indicted them right there. He said, Nobody's, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, or Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. Now remember that? Remember whenever Elijah said, he's standing, First uh, Kings 17, 1, you can find it. He said, the Lord uh, before whom I stand, he told King Ahab, the Lord before whom I stand uh, is telling me to tell you, there'll be no rain except by my word. Well, let's see you go out and do that. Let's see you. Boy, I'd sure, I'd sure love for somebody to be able to do that. Okay, all winter, no snow, except I say so. <laughs> See, you can't just do it on your own faith. That's my point. You can't just do it on your own faith. <clears throat> and Elijah didn't do it on his own faith. Elijah had a manifestation of special faith. So Jesus mentions one of the power gifts, doesn't he? Whenever they didn't receive him there, and Mark says, they couldn't do mighty works. He said, Elijah couldn't do my, uh, Elijah uh, wasn't even, uh, you know, he, he did a mighty work by the gifts of the spirit. In other words, now notice there verse number 26, under none of them was Elias sent, no, no widows from the previous verse was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. Now remember what happened there? 
He was sent over there. And the, the uh, you know, he asked for water. She went and got it. And then he asked for a cake of meal. Well, I don't have any. I just have love for my, my son and me. We're going to die after we eat it. Well, Jesus, I mean, uh, Elijah said, go, go make it for me. And then, and then it kept on multiplying for a whole year, you know. Margin says for a whole year. They had a miracle, working of miracles. So we got two of the power gifts listed. Look at verse 27. Many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, that's Elisha. None of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. Well, somebody said, how did that happen? It wasn't Naaman's faith because he left the house mad. <laughs> he had to be talked into going and dipping in the river. So it wasn't, in other words, it was one of the power gifts again. It was gifts of healings. Now notice Jesus mentioned all three of the power gifts in verse 25, 26, and 27. He referred to special faith, working of miracles. That's how that multiplied and gifts of healings. Now, why would one be special faith and one be working of miracles? Because working of miracles does something. Special faith operates a lot like faith. It just passively receives it by saying it. That's how Elijah operated in that. He just said, there's not going to be rain unless, unless I say. Well, you can't do that unless the special faith is on you. Remember it said that all that, uh, all that Samuel said came to pass. God let none of his words fall to the ground. That doesn't mean that just Samuel walked around saying everything, everything, everything he wanted to say and it all came to pass. It meant that every time he spoke, he was speaking by the Holy Ghost and he was operating in many times prophets, whenever they prophesy, they're speaking by a manifestation of special faith. In other words, they're saying what's going to come and the only way they have to believe that is because the Spirit of God is the one saying it. Amen. That's why the Bible says, take what's said and uh, by the prophecies that come out and war a good warfare because the Holy Ghost is the one that said it. Anyway, we're just picking up a few nuggets as we go by. Look at that. Special faith, working of miracles and gifts of healings. All three of them are mentioned. So go back to Mark's account. Look here what it says, verse five and then the sixth chapter. He said he could there do no dunamis work. In other words, the greater gifts, which is the power gifts, wouldn't work there. It, it could be he's talking about the power gifts. It could be he's talking about the healing anointing, the tangible healing anointing, which is not in the power gift category. It's an endowment. It's a little different than the gifts. But um, hallelujah. The greater things wouldn't work. Why? Because of unbelief. So our faith does play a role in this. Someone says we, we, we must mix faith for the power gifts. Yeah. Not, not that you can say I received a gift of healing right now. Thank you, Lord. I got it. No, you can't do that. But you can believe in the power gift. You can say they're for us. We ask that they be in manifestation. And guess what? You can come expecting. Because faith expects something to happen. Now, we can't say today we expect three gifts of healings, one working of miracles, a gift of, of tongues and interpretation, and then, Lord, throw in for good, for good measure, throw in a word of wisdom. We, we believe we receive all those today. We, no, they manifest as he wills. But see, don't think when it says as he wills that it just, we kind of think as he wills, so okay, let's, that's nothing, we, have, we don't have any part to play in it. We have the idea he doesn't will, so, you know. No, he does want to move. It might not be the way we think he'll move today. He might move a different way. We might think it's going to be a healing service and, and it's, it's not at all. It's a get on the, your face and pray and chew carpet. <laughs> you know, prayer service in other words. So we've got to recognize that our unbelief 
Not unbelief in the Word, but unbelief so many times in the power of God. Yeah. Now, let's close it up with Romans. Go over to the 12th chapter. Praise be to God. I don't know if this is helping anybody. This is really for more people that are called along these lines. But, uh, you know, we all can learn grow from it. Our faith does play a role. Remember, again, I said, Paul made this statement. I think it's important that we see how it's said. You just write it down. Remember 1 Corinthians chapter number two. He said, uh, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Verse four, you know. Um, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. In other words, there was a demonstration. In other words, there must have been the power gifts in manifestation. Then he said, I like the way it says this, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In other words, they had faith in the power of God. Now, what does that mean? They had faith in it. In other words, they were hungry for it. They believed in God moving that way. They wouldn't be surprised if it did move that way. And number two, it would be whenever God wanted to move that way, they yielded to it. And preachers have to have faith to yield to the Holy Ghost. Because, you know, a gift of healing can, can be, like I told you how the first one that manifested through me uh, happened. I saw, I, I got more hungry. I said, God, I'm tired of not seeing these things happen through me. And I got just to seeking God about it. And I got in a service and I saw that. Remember I told you I saw, uh, look like a, a tumor in the back of a man's head. Small back here, fit in the back of it, kind of up there under the skull. And I saw that and I said, well, I don't know if it's just me because I always think, well, that must just be me. I said, I don't know. I'm just going, I, I want it. So if it's God, we'll find out. If it's not, we'll find out. So I just stepped out on it. Remember, a man was healed of that tumor. And I thought, well, and then after that, I remember saying to Doug Jones, who was in charge, he said, I told him, I said, you know, I've had things like that before. And I didn't realize that, see, that I, that was the Holy Ghost. Well, in other words, I didn't have faith to step out and yield to the Holy Ghost. We've got to have, now, when the Holy Ghost, when a gift of the Spirit moves, we, in, I mean, excuse me, when a gift of the Spirit moves, the Holy Ghost initiates it. But whenever this tangible anointing is in operation and people are healed by that, they can initiate that. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? She initiated that. The anointing is on Jesus. She touched the hem of his garment and she initiated that. In fact, by the time it had happened, by the, by the time Jesus knew it, it had already happened. So it wasn't Jesus initiating that or the Holy Ghost. In it. it was her faith that initiated that. It was the difference between the gifts of healings and the tangible anointing, which is available by faith. Anybody that taps into it. Y'all still there? You're going home. Now, both of them are equipment for ministry. I don't have a tangible anointing to minister to me. You don't have a tangible anointing to minister to you. It's a tangible anointing to minister to somebody else. But you can, without any minister having any anointing being around to minister to you, you can receive divine healing because you can just take God at his word and say, I see by his stripes I'm healed. So Father, I just want to take mine now. Isn't that right? Remember the time I walked into the church? I had just meditated on Isaiah 53. Surely himself. And took it. I said, glory to God. And I stepped up on the curb. The Lord said, believe you receive. There was no preacher there. Brother Hagin wasn't there. No preacher around. I just believed I received. Cleared up. Just like that. No, see, that was not a tangible anointing that somebody had on them to minister to me or to, to minister through them to me. But it was me receiving healing. 
Aren't you glad God moves different ways? But notice it says here that uh, in Romans, the 12th chapter, notice what this says here. Something very interesting. We're covering some bases. We haven't got to all of them, but we'll wrap this up here. Look at verse six. Well, verse five. So being many are one body, we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Praise the Lord. Uh, verse four, back up to that. Let's catch that. For we, as we have many members in one body, all members have not the same office. The Greek there is the same function. We don't all have the same function. I'm so glad that I'm not like everybody else and everybody else is not like me. Say amen. <laughs> I mean, you have things I don't have. I have things you don't have. We need each other. I need you, Carlos. I need you, Scott. We need each other. Thank God we've got each other. We don't, we don't have to have it all. I, I love the fact that I don't have to have it all because if I have it all, then I got to do it all. And I'd like to get some sleep sometime. You know. So, but we all have, we're all in the same body, but we have different function. All right, verse six. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. What? Prophesy according to the proportion of faith? Yeah. Of course. What he's talking about is that you've got to yield to what God's starting to move on you for. See, prophecy is a gift of the Spirit. Speaking unto men, edification, exhortation, and comfort. So, but that, when, when that starts moving, you've got to yield to it. And it takes faith to do that. You know why? Because you don't know what you're going to say next. <laughs> you just sense the anointing, sense, sense something that maybe a little direction what he's trying to say, but you just, you just start yielding and then it starts coming. And uh, it takes faith to do that. It takes faith. <clears throat> For example, uh, whenever you stand, whenever, if somebody's called to the ministry and they're, they're going to stand in that office, you will yield to that office according to your faith for it. Right. <clears throat> Prophecy goes along with some offices. Gifts of healings go along with some offices. Um, you know, there are certain things that go along. Now, that doesn't mean that they carry it around in their pocket and they can manifest it when they want. I'm just saying it's equipment to help them function in that office. How many of you know it'd be sad that a prophet is called to be a prophet, but they don't ever have the gift of prophecy? <laughs> wouldn't that be a, you know, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be sad that a, an, a, an evangelist is called to stand in the office of the evangelist, but God never endows him with gifts of healings. They never move on him, you know. But see, uh, somebody can have it. That's part of their equipment. But if they don't have the faith to yield to that, that anointing. See, all these are different anointings. Gifts of healings is a different anointing. Feels different than prophecy. Word of knowledge feels totally different than prophecy or gifts of healings. Um, special faith feels totally different. When I say feels, I mean the, the sense, the anointing that comes on you is different. Um, first time, first time I ever, <laughs> praise the Lord. So we've got to recognize that, that he said, we'll yield to what goes along with our equipment according to our faith. Now, have you ever heard somebody give an interpretation of the tongues and it didn't have a lot of anointing on it? And then you heard somebody else yield to it and had a lot more anointing on it. Have you ever heard one person prophesy had more anointing on, on them than somebody else had anointing on them? 
Have you ever seen one pastor more anointed than another pastor? Have you ever seen one prophet more anointed than another prophet? Now go back up there. We started there in verse four. Go back up there. Go back up there to verse number three. For I say through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. You know the context he goes into these places in the body that we have? In other words, God might be, might use you in one way in the spirit, use me in a different way in the spirit. And whatever God uses us in, we've got to learn to develop faith. God will give us the faith to start out with it. He'll give us the faith. Like if, if he wants me to pastor, he'll give me the faith to start developing that gift. But if I don't step out in that gift, you know, I had a man come to me one time in healing school. He said, how'd you get so fast to develop this gift of teaching? I said, well, I just kept yielding to it. Amen. Amen. I preach to the steer, teach to the steering wheel, Amen. teach to my wife till she, she sheds shut up. Then I <laughs> preach to the shower head. <laughs> if you got it in you, it's going to come out, Amen. but you got to yield. Yeah. Practice, yield, Amen. practice yielding to that flow. Amen. And you can practice yielding to prophecy. You can practice yielding to a number of things. I believe that's why God kept moving on Samson. The Bible says that God began to move him in the camp of Dan. That's, if you look it up, that's where he's from. He's in his own hometown. He's in his own house. But his anointing was to deliver Israel from the Philistines out there. But the anointing would move on him at home. No Philistines around. I believe that's why. Because God was moving on him, trying to give him practice runs. And, and teach him this is what this is and this is how this functions and this is how this feels and this is how you yield to it. So that whenever he's out there on the battle, sees a Philistine, he's not like, uh, uh, how's this work, Lord? Chomp, you know. <laughs> you don't want to be learning out there. Glory to God. Did you get anything out of this this evening? Hallelujah. There's a lot of things, a lot of things you, you and I have got to develop faith for whatever God wants to use us for. If you're an encourager, just start practicing it. You get a little something in your heart, walk up to him. I don't mean you're prophesying. Thus saith the Lord, you're going to go to Timbuktu in, in 2017. And you're going that, that's not, that's not encouragement. That's trying to predict. That's different than encouragement. Encouragement is something like, you know, what, the way you did that really blessed me. I appreciate that. If that's who you are, practice that. Get good at it. Learn to recognize who God's trying to encourage. And, and you know, I don't mean prophesying to them like, like we call prophesying, you know, telling them the future or something. You know, I saw this about you. Well, keep it to yourself. Amen. I was around some folks this weekend, I mean, this past week with my family. Everything's what somebody prophesied to them. Oh my goodness. I wouldn't want to go by what somebody else said. I'd want to make sure God himself is saying something to me. Amen. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.